0: welcome these are the MMM minutes I'm your host Sean Anderson All looks at me as always is Danny Gutierrez Sean what's going on nothing at all it's been a while same old question it's been Yo- a very long while yes it has been uh, it's that been- was the
1: longest doctor's appointment ever last time because we weren't here last time Sean was like oh I have a doctor's appointment so I could I can't make it
0: I don't remember
1: yeah that was the longest doctor's appointment ever apparently last time we did a podcast yes
0: <laughs> I don't remember that yeah. that was a a while ago, yes, it was a while ago, anyways. Uh, what is the point since we did that? I think uh, that was uh, our UFC 222 preview, uh, where Cyborg defeated Yanis Kuniskaya. I always mess up her name, but it doesn't matter because she's not the uh, uh featherweight champion in the women's division. It's no. still Chris Cyborg after a dominating one. We are going to talk a little bit about UFC 222 and the co main event winner in Brian Ortega today, and we're also going to be talking about two fights that have just been announced, one rumored. Uh, one that was officially announced in Colby Covington versus uh, Rafael Dos Anjos for the interim title at uh, welterweight. That one's in the works for UFC 224. And then also one that has been announced to headline UFC Liverpool, Darren Till versus Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. So, Daniel, let's jump in at UFC 222 in the co-main event in the featherweight fight between... Frankie Edgar, Brian Ortega, Brian Ortega knocks out Frankie Edgar. Her first time Frankie Edgar's ever been knocked out in his career. This was an impressive performance from Brian Ortega, setting up Ortega versus Holloway. When you saw this happen, you saw Ortega win. What were your first what was your first reaction?
1: Uh, wow! I can't believe he did that. He's the first guy to knock out Frankie Edgar ever. I can't believe he knocked out somebody who couldn't. You couldn't believe that he knocked out somebody who couldn't be knocked out. I mean, he, Frankie Edgar's gone through so many wars with Graham Maynard and Benson Henderson and Jose Aldo. Uh, he's fought the best of the best for a very long time, and for uh, it proves that Brian T. City Ortega is is more than just a jujitsu guy. I mean, hmm. see him train with Gracies all the time, but he's got some sick Muay Thai. You, you always talk about his boxing, but he's always a, a Evolving on his striking, so that was a very impressive win uh, for Brian Ortega. And my thoughts were, "Wow,
0: yeah, it was absolutely ridiculous." I mean, you saw the, the just the punch that landed. It was Literally. an elbow. It was well, an elbow. But then the the punch that landed. Oh, the that uppercut lift that him lifted him, off, him up off his yeah. feet. Yeah, that was Sorry one of the that. most. Impressive things I saw. I mean, like yeah. literally lifting a guy off, off the ground with a with a punch. Not as impressive as Nganu almost knocking over his head off. <laughs> uh, but still the 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 uppercut that Ortega landed that lifted Edgar off his feet. It was absolutely insane. Uh and you saw it and you're just Vicious. like Star is born right there. Yeah. With 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 Brian Ortega doing that to Frankie Edgar. Again, a guy who's never been knocked out in his career and in the first round, he lifts him off his feet with an uppercut. It was absolutely disgusting. And you mentioned it. He is such a well-rounded fighter, and yeah. now we're getting the fight between Max Holloway. Holloway is a super well-rounded fighter. He's a guy that you know has, has won most of his fights on the feet, but mm-hmm. we know he's pretty dangerous on the ground as well. Brian's probably got the edge on the ground. Max probably has the edge on the feet. Mm-hmm. But still, both these guys well-rounded. Both these guys can go for five rounds. Both of these guys are young and athletic fighters. This might be one of the most exciting and entertaining title fights outside of the 155 fight between Tony and Habib that we're getting in a week.
1: Yeah, or Rose Noah, Eunice and Ioannis, and Jacek. That's a pretty big rematch too.
0: Yeah, but like Tony and Habib week, we've been building up for that. Yeah, we've been waiting. different that, that's, fights. That's been canceled
1: over and over and over again. That's so.
0: that's the one we've been waiting for. Right. And Tony and, and and Habib, and now with Ortega and Holloway, these are two rising stars. And, yeah, and that's the thing. Like you know, Eunice and Rose, it's it's a good fight, but, but but like actual title fights that probably could mean like you know major history for the UFC. I'm thinking Tony Habib, Brian Ortega, and Max Holloway when that mm-hmm. happens. And then obviously uh, Stipe versus DC, just because it is such a magnitude, like a large magnitude fight. Of, that is a really big fight. You know, light heavyweight champion DC versus Stipe. But like looking at this this fight in Ortega versus Holloway, how do you think it matches up? And you know who is the early favorite? Who should be the early favorite in this fight?
1: The early favorite, would pro- I would have to say, would probably go to the champion of Max Holloway because what he's done to get to the title, uh, he's only fought Jose Aldo to defend his title and that's it from the same person he won it from, mm-hmm. um, but this is a classic uh, striker versus grappler matchup because uh, like you saw Brian Ortega, he's T-City, he loves the triangle choke and he's great at his jiu-jitsu. You saw when he attacked Cub Swanson with that front front headlock guillotine, he just strapped it on there real tight and he just kept... Tightening it up and tightening it up until it he couldn't tighten it up anymore and there was just no choice for Cub Swanson but to tap. Um, so I mean he's dangerous everywhere too. We saw we talked about the Frankie Edgar knockout. What about the Clay Guida knockout when he locked him out with that knee in the third round? That was pretty vicious KO. But Max Holloway makes I mean he makes guys look stupid in the fight. He just he's very light on his feet. He's always uh, moving. He's always moving his head. Uh, he's he's always switching stances. He's got a lot of weapons when it comes to his stand up game and. T-City does too, but he's even more dangerous because he's dangerous on the feet and the ground, so that's going to be a great fight no matter what.
0: And looking at both of these guys, I mean, you look at uh, Max Holloway and the current run that he is on with 11 straight victories, and you just look at his career as a whole, his losses are to Conor McGregor, who are, you know arguably, when he is fighting— one of the best in the game, Dustin Poirier who is an underrated fighter, one of the best in his divisions either at featherweight or lightweight. That was um, his
1: first loss and that was his mm-hmm. UFC debut actually it and was. that was his first loss.
0: And then also a loss to Dennis Bermudez as well. So the losses that he had, he, he Max Holloway has they're not had. The scrubs. No, they're not the scrubs and that was when he was young and we've seen now with his development that he has been, you know, turning into one of the best fighters right now in the world with Ortega however he doesn't have that loss on his on his uh, resume. He does have a no contest, but he still won that fight. It was overturned due to I believe it was uh, marijuana. Uh, I think it was. Uh, I tested believe, positive. for I something. I believe that was against Tiago Tavares. Uh, Mike Delator. Oh okay. Uh, but uh, he he ended up coming back and defeating uh, Tiago Tavares in the next fight. Okay. Uh, but that's what it Ortega was. ends up uh, testing positive for something after the fight, uh, so it's a no contest. So Ortega doesn't have that blemish technically on his on his re- no, resume. No, he doesn't. But do you think that Brian Ortega has at least done enough, but not done enough, because obviously just be Frankie Frankie Edgar, but do you think he has enough to know what it's like to be in a title fight? Do you think he'll have the composure to go into a a title fight where Holloway has been there you know, with uh, defeating Jose Aldo twice, defending his belt, and winning the belt? Do you think that Ortega will have enough composure, and do you think that's possibly where Max can separate himself?
1: His coaches are very confident in his ability to uh, handle pressure, and he performs well under pressure, and we've seen that. We've seen that. Mm-hmm. He's proven that. Uh, against someone like Max Holloway that has a lot of output. He's a high-volume striker. He loves to mix it up. Uh, it all depends on how Max Holloway comes out. If he comes out uh, a bit more tenacious, kind of waiting for the takedown or wait, waiting for a submission to you know, just kind of stick and move, to just kind of ease tactically ease into the fight. Or if he kind of goes out and bull rushes uh, T-City, with his strikes, it, 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 all depends on how the fight unfolds, how, how it begins. Cause I, if you look at, if you look at Brian uh, Ortega's performances, you, you would have to assume that he's comfortable everywhere. Cause he's been everywhere. Mm-hmm. He's been on his back and he still won fights. And he's been on. He's been bloodied and he's still won fights. Yeah, he's an
0: impressive young kid, and the fight between him and Max Holloway will be absolutely fantastic. It'll be fireworks when that happens. Hopefully, it takes place in Hawaii. I hope Bo- they get that yeah, done. Yeah,
1: both of those guys are tough Holloway. as nails too. Yeah. it's interesting because back in the day, they used to have Hawaii shows everywhere. You know, Jason Mayhem Miller used to fight in Hawaii all the time. Uh, B.J. Penn uh, fought Takonori Gomi in Hawaii. Uh, you know uh Jason Mayhem Miller Robbie Lawler mm-hmm. there was a bunch of guys that fought in Hawaii it was yeah. just interesting you don't hear about Hawaii anymore so
0: yeah i don't remember the last time they've had an event in Hawaii but uh just going back to UFC 222 where Ortega got the win he wasn't the only young uh, young fighter to get a win, and, and it was an impressive card. Uh, you also had Sean O'Malley getting a win. Yes. In uh, the Bantamweight fight, you had Catlin Vieira defeating uh, Ghana, to so I know your dismay. Uh, but Kenzie Dern <laughs> winning over Ashley Yoder. Alexander Hernandez getting a win. Uh, Cody Stammen getting a win as well. Uh, and also uh, the young heavyweight, uh, Andre Arlovsky. Looking at all those victors... Who do you think was had the most impressive showing and who do you think has the most to gain from a win uh, from USC 222, excluding Ortega, who's obviously going to be title fight?
1: The two fighters that were 9-0 on the main card, that's Sean O'Malley and Katlin Vera, and mm-hmm. I know I'm a real huge fan of Katzingano. Katzingano came out strong with her kicks, but Katlin Vera kept her composure and won the fight. Uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley landed a head kick and tore something, and uh, he was basically on one leg in the third round and... Fought his heart out in the third round and still won the fight. So, both of those both of those fighters move up to ten and zero. Uh, they're young prospects. I'd love to see what's next for those two.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I I still liked what I saw from Mackenzie Dern because when you saw her get it to the ground, you thought it was like Ashley Yoder did a great job, but it was all it was like inches away from Mackenzie Dern choking out Ashley Yoder. She's got to obviously. You know, work a ton on her stand Yeah, uh, and she's got to she's got to work on defending herself. She's got to work on you know the crispness of her strikes. But looking at what she has, the whole package of Mackenzie Dern. Right. I still think that there's a ton of potential, um, in, in Mackenzie Dern. I, I think it's got to be a slow build for her. But I think if they're able to do it right, she can totally turn into the next star uh, in the UFC. But you're, you're right, Sean O'Malley with the foot. Uh, that was probably one of the worst uh, fight IQ I saw from Andre Soukhamth uh, Sukum Soukhamth. <laughs> uh, I, or soccer mom as uh, Sean O'Malley was calling him, but <laughs> I don't understand what Andre was doing. Where you know Sean O'Malley's clearly can't stand on his foot, and Andre just lets him stay on the ground. Like I, I just from a, from a fight IQ standpoint, just make the guy stand up and just start kicking his legs out. Like you're gonna win the fight that way. But anyways, <laughs> O'Malley gets the win. It was, it was uh, one of the best post-fight octagon interviews uh, where he's laying on the ground talking to Joe Rogan. Uh, But anyways, let's move now to UFC 224. Yesterday, Ariel Helwani tweeted out, rumor, Colby Covington versus RDA, an interim title fight in the works for UFC 224. This would be an interim title in the welterweight division. Yes. uh, Where Tyron Woodley is currently the champion Woodley just had surgery, but Woodley said that he would be ready for a July uh, pay-per-view, a July fight. UFC 224 is happening in Rio de Janeiro at May 12th, so obviously Tyrone wouldn't be ready for that date in May, but do you think this is ridiculous, putting an interim title fight on what should just be a number one contender's fight?
1: Right. I'm uh, kind of sick of the whole interim title thing. Uh. In almost every other division, there has been an interim title fight because the champion has been out of commission. There was one point in time where an interim title did mean something, and I'll relate it back to Andre Arlovski. Uh, this, this is arguably when the heavyweight division was at its weakest in the early days of the UFC. He defended the interim title waiting for Tim Sylvia because Frank Muir had gotten into an a, a uh, motor vehicle accident mm-hmm. and, uh, was out of commission. So Tim Sylvia came up and knocked out Andre Orlovsky, but Andre Orlovsky kept defending his interim title. And it wasn't until he fought Tim Sylvia that it would have been for the unified official heavyweight championship of the world.
0: Do you, so you think this is just not worth it, though? It's
1: yeah, that's kind of what I'm alluding to. I mean, we've we've seen interim title fights every every like three months, mm-hmm. every four months almost. It feels like. But uh, when it comes to Colby Covington, I mean, hey, Darren Till needed a main event fight, and they would just put him as the main event in the Liverpool card. So why not have a top? Why not have two top contenders at welterweight fight each
0: other? Well, or have? But here's the thing: they can have the the, the contenders fight each other because I mean, you you need a number one contender, right? So have RDA fight Colby Covington. I don't have a problem with the fight. I have a problem with putting the interim title on it because you already have a main event. You already have Amanda Nunez versus Kyle Pennington taking place on UFC 224. So what's the point of putting the interim title on the line there? Because it's not to add a title fight to to the pay-per-view. You already have the title fight. You already have the ability to put Amanda Nunez on the the, the poster. You already have a Brazilian in the main event defending their belt. So I understand the the edge of wanting to have Colby fight in Brazil because last time he was calling uh, the people— uh, I think trash or whatever. Like he was just, you know, trash talking yeah. the Brazilian fans. I think
1: it was like filthy animals or something. Like yeah.
0: That. Well, you know, you wanted to put him in that situation. Right. I understand, you know, trying to get that heat on him. Right. Uh, but just make the fight. Like it doesn't need to be for a title. And I understand that, you know, if Kobe Covington wins, then he'll have a title around him and he, you know, can say, you know, I'm the champ and then start. But like I, I don't understand.
1: And if RDA th- wins, he can call himself a two division champ.
0: But can he really? Right. Because there's a true champion, Tyron Woodley, who's right. defended his belt four times and he's been out for what, seven months maybe? Like he he hasn't been out for an extended long period of time where right. Conor McGregor, your champion, has been healthy, has been fighting in boxing, and hasn't defended his belt in two years. Just right. because he doesn't want to. Like Tyron Woodley is just hurt, but he's defended his belt already four different times for you. Like right. Tyron Woodley has been an active fighter in the UFC. Not only has he been a, he's been an active champion. Yeah. And, yeah. and you're going out making an interim title for literally nothing. Like, you're just trying to get more heat on Colby Covington. And if he loses and RDA wins, then it's pretty much a fake two-division weight champ because he's not the true champ in my mind. It's, it's still Tyron Woodley. So, I, 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 when I first saw that news, I was infuriated. Still kind of am infuriated. The I couldn't tell. Put, the, the fact that they're putting an interim title. like it. it <laughs> Do the titles mean anything anymore? Like if if you've throwing out an interim title title, does the actual title mean anything anymore? I feel like it really doesn't.
1: I mean you, you say that and you look at Chris Cyborg's division, it's not really a division, it's just I mean, she yeah, just fights the, who it's just she fights whoever they can find in the world. A, hey, do you wanna fight Chris Cyborg? Uh sure. It's a Chris Cyborg Grand Prix. <laughs> so pretty much, so I mean that's very Video game gamey to me. It's like, all right, this is the boss. So let's see you. Let's see which players could beat the boss. Nobody. Mm-hmm. This boss is undefeated. This boss is so broke. Like yeah. that's it. Chris Cyborg, <laughs> the the best one forty five female one forty five
0: or ever. <laughs> I don't know. And and looking at this this fight card, like it's a pretty loaded fight card. Like what what uh, dates or what fights have been announced so far? Amanda Nunes versus Raquel Pennington. RDA versus Colby Covington. Just make that. Just make that a fight. Just make it three rounds. Just go RDA versus Colby Covington. Then Vitor uh, versus Leoto. That's going to be awesome. Two legends right there in Brazil. Uh, then you have uh, Jacare versus Kelvin Gastelum. Going to be an awesome fight. Big fight in the middleweight division. Uh, Huge. Then you have uh, uh, John Lineker versus Brian Keller. Two guys that can just bang it out there. You have Mackenzie Dern coming back to face Amanda Cooper. And there's a ton of other fights. Dallas Leite, Cesar Ferreira. Uh, you also got... Uh, uh, Alexi and in, in there as well. Like I mean, this is gonna be a, a loaded fight card. I just don't understand the thought process of throwing on another title fight or and, and making up a, an interim title just because. Like it, it makes no sense to me.
1: It's grounds for another five round fight, and it's grounds for uh, people to you know watch another title fight. So hmm. I mean, title fights draw attention, Sean.
0: It, 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 they do, but it, it, it's not a title fight in my mind. I understand. It's just a, it's a, it's a way to get a five round fight and then uh, a a tidbit or a snippet of colby covington talking trash if he has a belt around his uh you know if a belt around his waist disrespecting brazilian fans it makes no sense to me. right i mean well let's say that
1: that fight was a war and then it ended in three rounds and colby covington won a split decision but everybody thought that rda won the fight just one of those situations if you have five yeah. rounds then it might be it might have a definitive finish and you might have a definitive number one contender okay but that's the argument
0: there. but here let's do this it's a five-round fight. It's the same exact thing. Now Colby Covington has a belt. People are going to want to see RDA get another shot, but you're going to have to throw Colby Covington into the Tyron Woodley fight because you're going to need to decide a champion because you currently have two champions at once out. And that's where the turmoil is. I, that's that's where it all. You're just causing headaches. That's all I see. And I hope. I and I, I just I hope RDA goes in, knocks out Colby Covington. So those are my thoughts. Uh, that is taking place though in early. Uh, May on May 12th Then later in May May 27th You have a UFC fight night In Liverpool, England And the main event Has just been announced Darren Till Will be taking on Steven Wonderboy Thompson It's about time In It's about freaking time That welterweight division you excited? Yes, I'm excited. It's about time. Darren Till
1: comes from a Muay Thai background, but he doesn't fight like he comes from a Muay Thai background. He's very light on his feet. And he has his hands down, but he can cover distance very well. He springs in with in, uh, the tight spaces with his legs. Saw that with his uh, Donald Cowboy Cerrone knockout. It, I've I've been wanting to see him fight. If you're a fan of strikers, you've been wanting to watch Darren Till fight ever since his knockout to Donald Cerrone. And Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, I mean, he had a great victory over Jorge Masvidal, but they were announced to fight, and there was an article that read that Stephen Wonderboy Thompson said that he didn't necessarily feel that Darren Till was on his level. It's kind of what it was alluding to. But Darren Till's been the one who's been active about... You know, wanting to fight the, these top level guys, mm-hmm. so I'm a, I'm very excited for this matchup. This is a this is a very contrast in styles because they're both very awesome strikers, very tough guys, and they're great strikers. So it's gonna be a great fight.
0: Yeah, I'm just, I'm just interested to see what Wonder Boy will do because we saw in the title fights he was hesitant, he wasn't the same uh, killer he was before, uh, where he was going in just. Absolutely. Lighten up Rory McDonald, who's still, in my mind, is the best welterweight in the world. Well, look at look uh, who he
1: was fighting. He's fighting Tyron Woodley.
0: Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying— Tyron like, Woodley's dangerous. He, he is, but he still wasn't the same fighter. You can't say that that was the same Wonderboy. Wonderboy was hesitant. Right. He didn't, he, he didn't have that same killer instinct. Like, that was a different Wonderboy. Wonderboy was changing to fight Tyron Woodley. Right. He wasn't making Woodley change to him. Like Woodley was still able to shoot for takedowns, able to stand back. You're he was, still dangerous. Um, yeah, but I'm, I'm just saying, like you, you, didn't see that same Wonder Boy. So I'm just been wondering if you're gonna see the same Wonder Boy or if you're gonna see the hesitant Wonder Boy. If we're seeing Killer Instinct Wonder Boy, he's probably the best striking welterweight in all of MMA, and there's not even really a debate, because he's so creative, and he's just, he's just, can hit you from every single angle, but Darren Till, the up-and-comer, how big of a win would this be for Darren Till, because it's not like Wonderboy's a former champ, he does have a win over uh, Jorge Masvidal, he does have a win over Rory McDonald, but... I mean, really, if, if Wonderboy wins this fight, he's not going to get another title shot of Tyron Woodley because he's already lost twice or he drew once and then lost to Tyron Woodley. So it's not like he's getting—he's not he's not really beating a guy that's, you know, next in line. Uh, so how big of a win would this be for Darren Till if he was able to overcome Stephen Wonderboy Thompson? What would this mean for his career? Would he be getting the next shot after RDA and Covington for uh, for the for the for the belt in my mind, or is it, you know, another win he'll need after— the fight over Wonderboy is Darren Till also undefeated. Uh, Darren Till is uh, undefeated, seventeen and zero. Yeah,
1: so that's, he's got a sorry sixteen zero and one. Okay, so he's got a lot of confidence in in his abilities. Clearly, um, he's got more. He's got more fights than Stephen Wonderboy Thompson has fights. Hmm. That's crazy.
0: That's true. That's that's nuts. No, 14 and one. That's, that's for Wonderboy.
1: crazy to me. Or right, no, so then they. Oh, so Darren Till has one more fight. Over no, Steve I don't know Wonder how to
0: Boy do math. Time. It's literally the same. Seventeen fights for both. Oh, okay. 14, 2, and one for Wonder Boy. So that's seventeen fights. Darren Till sixteen zero and one. Oh, okay. So seventeen fights. All right. Um, I mean, we have a great education. Here. <laughs> if Darren Till is Darren, if is Darren Till even ranked? Yeah, he's uh, I think he's seventh.
1: This would catapult him into the top five. If he wins over Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, he's knocking on the
0: door for a title shot. He but, would just
1: need one more win, and then he's he's. There. So he
0: needs one more win. He would just need one okay. more win after this. So, so we say RDA or Covington wins, they'll take on Woodley, and then if Till beats uh, Wonderboy, he'll need one more win. Yes, that's what you're saying. So, like against like a Jorge Masvidal, you're, you're thinking someone, uh someone coming off of a win, somebody, okay. somebody big cuz
1: the the Mike Perry fight fell through and Mike Perry's on a two fight losing streak unfortunately.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I mean Wonderboy right now is the number 1 fighter in the rankings. Yeah, Till is at 7. Tied with much. Kamara so, that.
1: It's going to be a great fight nonetheless. Uh it's a very high stakes fight. I would love to see Darren Till fight Tyron Woodley. I'd also like to see how uh, the RDA fight and Colby Covington fight plays out, but I would I would very much like to see uh Darren Till fight Tyrone Woodley cuz Tyron Woodley in his past has had had struggled with guys that are longer than him that could control the distance, can utilize their straight punches and their kicks to keep him at bay to kind of tire him out. Uh, you saw that in his his only his last loss to Rory McDonald. So uh but Wonderboy wasn't able to do that and he beat Rory McDonald. And Rory McDonald's a champion in Bellator right now. Mm-hmm. So it's it's very the, the welterweight division's deep, not just in the UFC but in the world no matter what, no matter what organization you go. But uh I feel like Darren Tills right there. And yep. if if Stephen Wonderboy Thompson wins, I think he needs to get two more wins if he wants to fight for a title again. Because mm-hmm. he fought for that title twice and came up short, arguably both times. So
0: yeah, I think he's got to be impressive because yes. he, he he was he looked good against Masvidal, but he didn't you know again who didn't have that crazy. It was like, a good refresh for him. Yeah, I think I think if he if he's gonna get a title shot anytime soon, he's got to be ridiculously impressive again. Like, if he comes out, hits another, you know, crazy kick and knocks out Darren Till, and then does it again in the next fight, he'll probably get a title shot, but he needs a couple more wins to to get back there. Unless Woodley loses and, you know, Wonderboy starts going on a run, we still know that, you know, his, again, his only losses, well, one of his only losses in the UFC is to Woodley, and Woodley's the only guy to make him really look uncomfortable in the octagon. So right. if, if Woodley's not the champ, then we could probably make uh, the, 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 you know, uh, put Wonderboy back in the title discussion. Anyways, Danny, we covered the three topics that we wanted to, but I'm going to throw out one more there, all right? UFC 225 on June 9th announced that it's going to take place in Chicago. That's where we record the podcast. So far on that fight card, we got Robert Whitaker versus Yoro Romero, yes. Claudia Gadelia versus Carla Esparza, yes. Joseph Benavides versus Sergio Pettis, Alistair Overeem versus Curtis Blades, yes. Rashad yes. Evans versus Anthony Smith, and Andre Arlovsky versus Ty Tuivasa. Are you excited for UFC 225 in Chicago?
1: I am blown away. I'm so happy that we got a title shot here in Chicago. Mm-hmm. For Joel Romero to get that rematch against uh, Robert Whittaker after what he did to Luke Rockhold, that was awesome. And, you know, uh, Robert Whittaker's coming off of a staph infection from his stomach. Yeah. And that's it sounds
0: gross, awful.
1: <laughs> but yeah. uh, hopefully he he's healthy and uh, he can get back again— uh, Get back in there against Yoel Romero because Yoel Romero's tough. He's coming back with a vengeance. He's not very happy that he didn't win the interim
0: title, even though he won a fight. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. We, you know, I'm I'm excited for the title fight. I'm excited to 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 see this matchup, you know, ag- again. Uh, but the thing that we didn't mention is the fact that the greatest fighter in UFC history is coming back on that card. Announced on Twitter, CM Punk's fighting on March. <laughs> Announced on March 12th via Twitter, CM Punk is going to be fighting at UFC 225. Are you excited for CM Punk to make his return to the Octagon? No, and grace us with his presence.
1: I don't want to see CM Punk get beat up again. I do. I don't want to see him get washed again, man. He
0: looked so happy after getting beat, you know, beat up last oh, time. Oh,
1: Man, that was. I felt so bad for him. How could you not feel bad for him? Even if, if whether he signed fought, up for it, I still.
0: Still. I mean, like, he signed up for it. He wanted to do it. Still. And he looked happy, so, you know, why not? Let him fight again. He's going to get destroyed again, but <laughs> I don't know who he's fighting. It depends on who they pit him up against. Okay. Honest question. I am in Chicago. He is from Chicago. Two Chicago kids. Do I have a shot against the young punk? You know that you saw him against Mickey Gall. He's been training with Duke Rufus and Gracie's. I think he's got a blue belt. Um, it, 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 in uh, jiu-jitsu, do I have a legitimate shot against 40-year-old CM Punk? You've been in training rooms. You've you've, you've been training mixed martial arts. Would I have a shot going up against I mean, Punk? I would give you the benefit of the doubt. Really?
1: <laughs> yes, I would.
0: I mean, right now we are both 170. So, <laughs> I haven't worked out in about six years. But if you had to put an early favorite on that, would you give it to CM Punk or would you give it to Listen, me? Listen,
1: I respect everything CM Punk has done in terms of his wrestling career, and I respect him for going in against Mickey Gall and giving it his all. But
0: nice, I rhyme all the time, too.
1: <laughs> he, he didn't look impressive, he got no, he washed, he got destroyed like it was no contest. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, he just went, you know what. If you're a if you're a fight fan and you watch fighters walk out you know through the tunnel when their music kicks in and if you are a fighter or an amateur fighter pro fighter whatever and you're listening to this and the music kicks in and you're in that zone when you were watching CM Punk go you know walk down the hallway with the camera on him he kept looking back at his coaches going if yeah dude if no. No, no. You keep you have you need to have tunnel vision. You need to have concentration. You need to go in there knowing needing to know that you need to destroy this guy because this guy wants to destroy you. It looked like he was just there to put on a show. And there are two different I mean, he's come, he comes from a pro wrestling background, so putting on a show is way different than
0: fighting. Mm. That's just it's just the way it is. So you're saying you have a shot? <laughs> CM Punk, I'm calling you out. Let's do this thing. Do the oh, damn thing. Oh, man. UFC two, 225, uh, June 9th, Chicago, Illinois.
1: Only here on the MMA Minutes.
0: 20-year-old Sean Anderson going up against <laughs> a 4-year-old CM Punk. Let's go, Punk. Oh, man.
1: Let's
0: do it. Anyways, uh, that's going to do it for the MMA Minutes. For Danny Gutierrez, I'm Sean Anderson, who will be fighting CM Punk on June 9th at UFC 225 in Chicago, Illinois, at the United Center Buyer Tickets, uh, starting on April 13th.